This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hi there, I'm Gregor. Thanks so much for downloading Full 90 Extra Time Podcast. That's super cool of you, and I'm super duper grateful. Now, here's the deal. We were going to try and have a party before the big final. Unfortunately, it got canceled. Not awesome. However, we still have a chance to hang out a little bit. I'm going to go to Occidental Square, where the march to the match starts. Between 10.30 and 11, I'll be in the north end there. I'll get there at 10.30 just to make sure. I'll be in the north end, that's closer to the buildings, waiting. If you could come out, that's great. I get it. It's like last minute. If you can't do it, I understand. But still, if you can, we can march down there together, sing songs, make some giggles, make some jokes, whatever. North end of Occidental Square for the march to the match on Sunday, starting at 10.30. The march starts at 11, so we'll be there a little early. Thanks so much. Can't wait to see if you come out. And let's go Sounders. Extra Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, fan outrage, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league, not funded by foreign royalty, and going up against NFL, it's MLS. We're your hosts, I'm uh, the host of Mornings on 107.7 The End, like how I have an uh in there as if I don't know what I do, dummy. I'm Gregor, and he's been in the locker room, he's been on the pitch, he's in the stats booth getting in trouble all the time, he is Brandon from the internet. Yay, and I'm in New York. Hooray, live from New York, it's Sunday <laughs> night, says Brandon on his Instagram story, and I LOL'd to it. Oh, good. Uh, you're, you're two things posted, and it really made me it made me giggle, so good job. <laughs> All right, good story. Uh, Inter- highly 100. entertaining. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Full90ExtraTime, and you can see the stupid things that we do there as well. Uh, also, do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. Definitely five stars. But primarily, maybe four, but primarily, leave us a comment. We just want to know who your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player is. Yeah, from offense new who to defense new who. I love them both! I can't get enough. I love new who. <laughs> he's he's the best sub that I could think of. Like He might not he, even be the best, but for $84,000, what a steal. Which is so much more than I thought we were paying him. I know. It's like 30% more. That's crazy. No wonder our season tickets went up. This week, the Brian Schmetzer's Rave Green Army, or this is a family program, but you get it. Sounders FC take on the, this is a family program, but you get it, Toronto FC, in a battle for MLS Cup. Hold on. In a battle. In a battle. For MLS Cup. MLS Cup. All right. Hooray. There's a once a year event that gets fans united to support and be excited about something. Something where we all come together to go wild. And that, of course, is the Kyushu Basho, which kicks off on Sunday. <laughs> ah, I'm so excited for 14, 15 days of exciting sumo wrestling. And there are some shakeups, let me tell you. Rarely does this happen. We have four people at the status of Komosubi, which is crazy. Endo, Asanoyama, who won a couple by show ago, if you remember, Hokuto Fuji, and Abi, all at the hard, hard rank of Komosubi, trying to make their way to Ozeki and hopefully one day Yokozuna. It is crazy. Yokozuna. Now, here's the crazy thing is that Ichinojo is way down the chart this time. He had a real bad Basho uh, last time out, and so he is a Magashira 12. That is low. He is- but isn't he already Yokozuna? No, no, no. Ichinojo is oh, a big, big fat guy. He's like 500 pounds, literally, and tall and sweet as could be. His wrestling style is really crazy. But then there's this guy called Enho who's 200 pounds, and he's like scrappy. And if you like stood next to you, you'd be like, this guy needs to lose a couple pounds probably like for his own health. But compared to Ichinojo, he's less than half an Ichinojo. 
And there's a pretty good likelihood that for the first time ever, we could see David and Goliath actually how many, fight. How many, uh, how many new who's is one half of an Ichi Nojo? Yeah, good God. There's no math for that. It's Japanese. I can't. <laughs> I don't even understand at all. So, boy, I, I know everyone's excited for Sunday for the same reason I am. And that's the Kyushu Basho. So, right on. What what time is the Kyushu Basho? Um, Seattle time. I believe that the coverage on NHK starts at 1.45 a.m. Oh, perfect. So you have plenty of time to get drunk for that and then sober up and then get drunk for the Sounders match later on. Let me just talk about something. Some immediate host outrage. <laughs> the noon match? What is going on? How, okay. God, how I'm stupid trying to, is it? So I'll be, I'll, I was not able to get a ticket like 90% of the rest of the people who tried. Oh, and, man. Uh, so it turns out that I'm just going to watch the match instead. Um, Wait, but, are you not working? Oh, I'm going to no, I'm going to be working the match. Sorry, I'm going to work the match okay. instead. Now... Um, that has its its drawbacks. Uh, one of those drawbacks. So first of all, it has its benefits. I'm not complaining. I'm gonna get, get to be you know in the stadium for free, possibly on the field. I don't know what they're gonna have me doing yet. So that's all great. The the drawback is is that being at noon, I was contemplating. Well, now I can't get drunk at all. But before I was <laughs> com- contemplating, what time of the day was I going to have to uh, like reconcile with myself saying that I am okay getting drunk at this time of the day? So here's the thing is that Sumo probably plays right into our hands here because if you got up to watch Sumo and you got drunk, that would just be the start to like drinking season on Sunday starts at about 8 a.m. I feel like it starts earlier than an NFL game. Yeah. Yeah. This noon mat. It's 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 like if Fourth of July happened at noon <laughs> yeah. and you had to get as drunk as you could to light off all of the fireworks or uh, any major sporting thing. It's so stupid. Right. Now, yeah. I know this is out of the control of, like, say, Seattle Sounders or whatever, and I'm sure that there's a reason for it, and there's probably some conflict where they don't want to go up against, you know, they don't want to get their one share versus the 50 share that is the NFL at 5 p.m. or whatever. You know what I mean? They don't want to, like, um, they don't want to try and do battle with that head-to-head. They're trying to get the those ad dollars and everything. But it's crazy for the fan experience. Uh, so... Let's back this up. I've been to Toronto for one of the previous MLS Cups. I'm very grateful for that. I had an awesome opportunity. Super fun time. But here's what happened. We got some drinks at the bar and then went over to the stadium experience, and it was, like, so crazy over there. They had so much set up and so much to do that we really, for a 7 o'clock match-ish, we really could have stood to, like, be there an hour earlier than we were just so we could take it all in. So you're trying to create this crazy fan experience for a noon match if Seattle doesn't win, the after part of it is pointless, other than to drink your sorrows away or whatever. But that all that fun has to be front loaded. So anyone who wants to go do say something like at Fuel or whatever, like with ECS, and then wants to do the march to the match, you're getting there without you. This would always be the case because they get there an hour ahead of time to start the march or whatever. There's just not the built-in time to do the fan experience to really get fired up about it. Then you look at TV ratings, like. Is Canada at 3 p.m. in Toronto being like, MLS Cup, this is prime time for it? I can't imagine that the answer is yes. <laughs> Would they show it on ABC? ABC. <laughs> oh. oh, boy, prime uh, time. <laughs> yeah, prime time. That's, uh, uh, I, this is my favorite. So, yes, this is all. Okay, first of all, they're going to be starting the march to the match, what, an hour before the match, right? So it starts at 11 a.m. I think half of ECS isn't even awake on a normal Sunday at 11 a.m. <laughs> Fair. And that's no offense to them. I, I mean, I am all for people sleeping in, especially when they were drinking the night before. Unless, but th- unless they're me and you're texting me, waking me up on Sunday morning, literally what just <laughs> happened two days ago. <laughs> the, the, so, okay, so the Sounders in Toronto, MLS Cup. This is, I read a very funny tweet, uh, and it's from uh, John Arnold on Twitter who said, MLS is a, is a simple league. 24 teams chase a title for 34 matches, and at the end of the season, Seattle Sounders always play Toronto FC. <laughs> Three out of four years. It sounds right to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. But that being said, it dawned on me this afternoon. I was doing a little bit of prep for the show. Unheard of. I was doing a little bit of prep for the show, and like I'm wearing my, my kit right now, which is weird because I only wear it on Fridays or the day of the match or whatever. And here I am in kit doing prep, and it just suddenly hits me that I am so stinking pumped for mm-hmm. MLS Cup. I, I Now, let's contrast that. I feel awful for you, and this is where uh, – it's not like apologies, but I wish I would have been more on my game, and I wish kind of that you had also, because 
the season ticket thing, I still don't know how it worked. I just know that I share a season ticket with my buddy Brian. Uh, we have a pair, and it goes on his credit card, and then I pay him back. And so he does the auto pay thing, so when the season tickets went up for grabs, they automatically charged it to him, and then he could like refuse it, but he was like guaranteed the seats that we have because he auto pays. And people who didn't, I guess, didn't have that guarantee, which is crazy to me. But then yeah. I didn't realize on top of that, this is the part where like I didn't do any homework on this because someone just literally handled everything for me, that I didn't realize that there was a way that season ticket holders could help other people get tickets. They could buy like six each, I think. And that's the problem. That is where we should have been trying to buy you a ticket. And so I feel badly. I had I have friends who uh, well, were who eh. did. <laughs> okay, there were people I know who were willing to buy me tickets, um, but by the time that they were able to, they were mostly looking at uh, three hundred level and things like that. And I was like, I don't. I mean, I am not. I am not a snob. I would happily, if that was the only way I got to watch the match, I would happily uh, go sit in the in the nosebleeds and watch from there. Um, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Just to be in the stadium uh, with over 70,000 people Woo-wee. is going to be an insane, hey, wait, insane on. experience. Probably about 41,000 and then 30, 29,000 bots that bought tickets and then they don't get resold. <laughs> probably we get goes. to go to a stadium with robots? Yeah, that's the problem. They don't attend, so... Ugh. Oh, yeah, freaking lazy robots! Uh, they took they took our seats. They took, they our, took our seats. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, I I did have the opportunity to go, so don't feel too bad. But you you I am very jealous of you because you uh, the seats that you have, if you don't uh, mind me giving yeah, away, yeah, are they're great. They're like front row, right behind uh, the Sounders goal, uh, next yeah. to ECS. It is they. I mean, you've you've taken me to a game with uh, probably brian's seat once and yeah. it was a wonderful experience and that is an amazing spot to sit so now you get to sit there in front of the rest of the seventy thousand people in the stadium and uh <laughs> you get to, you're on the front lines of of the match so it's going to be and so you're going to be and it, the last time that you brian and keith and i watched an mls cup final in keith's apartment yeah uh it, it was a great result yeah, so Seattle i'm hoping won. for i'm hoping for round two of that so the tickets that we have, you're right. They're like crazy because you're like literally front row. The people behind me hate it because I'm six foot six, and that's I'm not I'm not sitting down unless I'm hammered, and that's usually like mid season form. Okay, that's not usually <laughs> playoff or finals form. I took uh, they can just shuffle over when Keith takes a nap. You know, <laughs> right around that seventy first minute, everyone shuffle behind Keith. But when I took Deb, she's got bad knees and stuff, and so I sat down with her because I didn't want her to feel like she had to like carry the illusion of like it's more important to stand than it is to feel good because that's mm-hmm. preposterous anyway um that's like never mind i'm not getting into that because it'll open a whole tweet storm that i don't want anyway yeah but the idea that those people stand behind me it must drive them crazy because the downside to the seats that we have which are very cool and i'm very grateful like i don't know how i would ever get these otherwise but the downside is is that the game is very flat So when Jordan Morris scores the fourth goal on the night against FC Dallas and it's right in front of us and then he runs off and you see me screaming behind him like crazy, that elation is experienced so fully right there. But if anything happens beyond the 18-yard box, Mm -hmm. like it's impossible to tell if they're on our side of the field or their side or whatever. Like I have, it's impossible to tune it out when it's on the other side. Yeah, which is usually what it's usually Beer's fault. To be fair, that I'm like blah blah blah, (laughs) Brian, that's crazy, right? Transformers, boo 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 boo. Take it, take it all the way back to what you were saying, though. The, I am so incredibly excited for this match. There's, I mean, that that might is probably an understatement, but I don't think that I've been this excited for anything ever. <laughs> you know, I was the most excited about the first time the team went to MLS Cup, and we went to the place who shall not be named because I don't want to do bad business here. But it's down by the stadium, and we went to this place, and they weren't ready. They didn't like schedule staff for MLS Cup the first time mm. the Seattle had ever been, and that really is like a bigger picture statement about how I feel the city kind of treats Seattle Sounders FC. That like the bar very close to the stadium didn't have a staff to handle the two hundred and plus fans that showed up to watch it. They had two servers. And it was a gigantic disaster, and so we ended up at Mookie's house. 
it's it's even happening in the stadium and only due to uh like fans putting pressure on the the stadium twitter account which why does why does these exist why do things like that exist <laughs> but but due to fans putting pressure on like the stadium uh uh twitter account and the twitter account of this business which i also won't name because i don't want to do them dirty but um they are deciding to open up a a a kiosk or i don't know what you call it like a vendor that is a very popular Northwest chain and has them in the stadium, but only ever open during Seahawks matches. They weren't going to be open during the final. And then a bunch of fans were like, Hey, what the hell? And then now they're going to be open during the final. Yeah, come on. It's, it's crazy to me that so little attention is paid Seattle Sounders FC. They re- it really like for as into it as we are. And as like a lot of people listening to this are, I realize that some people are just here for the quantity of jokes, <laughs> but, um, but like, for the amount that we're into it, it's kind of a bubble that we're in because you go beyond it and people don't know anything about what's going on. Like I talked to yeah. someone today who was like, hey, how was the match? And I was like, well, it's on Sunday. <laughs> and they were like, oh, I heard you talking about it. I was like, well, you weren't really listening, but thanks for asking, I guess. It's like sad. So I couldn't believe the feelings that I started to feel when suddenly 20 minutes into the general on sale they announced this thing is sold out. And I'm like, people do care! Where is the switch-off between people that are so excited about Seattle Sounders and then the rest of the community knowing anything about it? Well, what what is it about, like, an if you don't give a, a crap about the Sounders during the regular season and the Sounders aren't even able to pull, I don't know, 50,000. I feel like that'd be a good stretch goal for the Sounders. Pull 50,000 per regular season match. Why are why all of a sudden are where are these remaining thirty five thousand fans who are showing up to the match uh, on Sunday for it to to sell out the entire stadium? Where is that during the rest of the regular season? I'm not saying um, like well, I'm not even, saying anything about anybody's fandom or anything like that. You can support however you want to support. Yeah, whatever. Means, you know, my dad's a Sounders fan uh, and has maybe goes to a game a year. So I'm not like blaming anybody for not going to the matches. Well, and it's a luxury. It's a luxury to be able to go to a Sounders match. It's expensive and it's like not everyone can afford to go. We're talking about in such easy generalities. But at the same time, like people figure out how to get to like people start GoFundMes to go to Seahawks games and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. No, anyway, it's going to regardless of who's there, why they're there, how they got there. I think uh, the the stadium is going to be I, I can't even I've 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 been in that stadium and experienced some really special, I feel like, moments uh, with a full stadium or even with a mostly full stadium. There was the match that the pitch black uh, jersey is based off of against uh, Portland in 2013. I'm sorry. That match was I'm sorry. magical. I'm sorry. What's that? Fartland. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> you're, you're my uh, Fartland translator. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, and so that match was magical. Uh, the match against LA Galaxy earlier this year that the Sounders won 4-3, to, four to three, uh, that match was, was magical. I always reference the New England match where the Sounders came back to win um, at home. All of these matches were like insane, and every single time I hear the stadium, I'm like, "That's the loudest I have ever heard the stadium for the Sounders." Yeah, it's. I think that this weekend is going to again be one of those moments. I look at um, Seattle Sounders, and I don't. I think it's the bigger problem with the how the internet has changed things, and it's just a fact. The internet has changed things. The way that we fight about politics online, everyone's voices are now amplified, and there's like so many different routes that everything goes. I think this is going to sound very biased on my part, but the Sounders do a whole lot of stuff that's only internet driven. With like they're playing the, what's the? They're playing the money ball of trying to make fans. They're like using statistics to try and figure out how to best reach people. And why wouldn't you when there's that type of data? But it's at the, I feel like it's at the cost of the overall greater perspective that the city has for the team. It's no longer that you're seeing Seattle Sounders billboards everywhere or advertisements or that buildings are putting stuff up in honor of the MLS Cup or that you're seeing it in the windows or there's no like greater ad campaign because they're moneyballing it trying to get to individual eyeballs. And so I think as a brand, it makes them not quite as romantic. I feel like we don't have that same like love of them the same way that the Seahawks have blown it up. And there's a huge financial difference between the two organizations, despite the fact that I read that Seattle Sounders FC is the fourth most like I don't know, wealthy franchise in all of MLS. I did not bother to read who the other three were ahead of us. Well, I think it is Atlanta, uh, LAFC, 
Seattle and somebody else. I don't know if somebody who else has that much money. Yeah, right. And so this idea that the you know that only when it really comes together, a lot of people that maybe aren't caught in the buzz anymore suddenly are reactivated and be like, yeah, I want in on this crazy MLS Cup that's coming here. It's it's just very interesting to watch develop it and how the regular season isn't quite getting it done the same way. It's being treated more like um well, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's like the fact that it even in the playoffs it didn't feel like it was that much anticipation and now finally right. all of a sudden all these people have come out of nowhere. It's super cool. It's it's LA Galaxy was the other one. How do you how would you feel if uh, the other team in your city had only been around for 2 years and you're already starting to be irrelevant? Yeah, that's crazy, right? It's uh without Zlatan, what would they even be? Yeah. That's, it must be a direct quote from Zlatan in third Which person. is exactly what Zlatan says about MLS. <laughs> I mean, and he's he's right and wrong because look at this. We have, for the second year in a row, a host city putting 70,000 people into a giant football stadium, American football stadium for some soccer. That's Something's going on here. And like we got to look at a bunch of places. Like Thank God the Premier League has been blown up by Xfinity or Comcast or whoever owns NBC, you know? Like, thank God that's happening because it's so critical in order for the growth of MLS in cities that give a crap. Okay, so anyway, enough about speculating where the fans are coming from or going to or whatever. I want to talk a little build-up here to the week. We have some um, a really easy way that we're trying to get everyone to participate. Shout-outs to Steven and his friend and um, people that are already jumping on board. My buddy Danny's already doing it. I want to see Sounder stuff on people all week long. Tell your boss it's mandatory. The Full 90 Extra Time podcast guy who talks about sumo all the time said that it must happen. Uh, I want to see hashtag kit week blow up here. I am fortunate enough that I have all these different kits from the different launches and years, and they usually ask me to help them you know, participate to some capacity to do that. And so I've got this closet full of like rave green that my wife is probably not stoked about. But um, so I, I busted out this year's jersey today. It might be my least favorite of them because it definitely makes it look like I've been sweating, if, which is pretty cool because I have not been working out. So uh, the current jerseys with the crushed velvet look to the front make the players look like they are so sweaty all the time because it looks like sweat is coming through them. But it's got the cool star on it. It's this year's green kit. Only mine has Xbox on it because it's from last year or whatever so we busted that out wearing the colors proudly throughout seattle trying to raise that profile a little bit so yeah it sounds like a lot of people um uh, and not in like the way that uh, certain politicians will be like oh yeah everybody's doing it a lot of people are doing it you might as well do it everybody's doing uh, it everybody's doing crack. it oh, oh, speaking crack. of I want to take a, a a quick side a quick side note here to say that I am most definitely staying in the New York version of the Doing It Hotel. Yeah, man. <laughs> Don't tell your wife. I, I will not. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't. Anyway, so a lot of people are wearing... <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. The uh, uh, no, it's it's cool to see. Uh, just to, to to your point of how much the Sounders are permeating the community, and yes, we are in a very uh, small. Uh, but very excitable bubble. Uh, it's cool to see everybody online. Uh, even before we were posting about hashtag Kit Week, a bunch <laughs> of other people were already uh, sharing the fact that their plans were for the entire week to wear a Sounders jersey. Or like my buddy Tyler can't. Um, he can't wear you know, like an athletic jersey to work. Uh, I don't even think that they can wear Seahawks jerseys on Fridays. And he is just making sure he's like, okay, well, you can't ban outerwear. So he's putting on like a Sounders sweater or like a Sounders jacket every every day. So it's cool to see people participating. And I think it's cool is that it allows you to talk about the match to the people and then they can come up to you a day later before the match even happens and they can be like, hey, how was the match, man? Yeah, right? It created that opportunity <laughs> that we were talking about from earlier. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, if you're one of these employers that's like, you can't do that, go f*** yourself, okay? This is like, a, it's a community, it's a chance for a community to come together and be excited about something in arguably two of the worst years of our modern history. So just like, let us let the people just have a little something to look forward to because it's so powerful. Now, last week we just kind of pontificated on a few things, asked a couple questions, and we got some great answers, uh, courtesy of the Full 90 Extra Time on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, just a few things, uh, one more of a big picture question and one more specific to the MLS Cup on Sunday. Uh, we'll start with the bigger picture. Yeah, we asked the question. We said, if you could sign, if you're the Sounders GM for one day and you could sign one player in their Sounders FC Prime, 
uh, between Raul Ruiz Diaz and Obafemi Martins, who would you choose? And I thought this question would be a lot more debatable between the two of them because I said Sounders FC, we, we said Sounders FC prime, so we weren't saying like Oba Femi Martins when he was playing in the Premier League. Sure. Um, so it was Oba, you know, winning the Supporter Shield in 2014, or Raul Ruiz Diaz, who may not even still be in his uh, in his uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz prime, is what I was going to say. The sounder <laughs> in his Sounders FC prime, and the people spoke, and they 63% of people said that they would take Raul over Oba right now that's crazy because I, I mean can you imagine I said Oba can you imagine Raul with the behind him having Clint Dempsey and Nico Ladero like oh my god not that the combo that they have right now is anything to laugh about but just imagine when Dempsey was feeding Oba all that stuff to work with like it was dirty and Oba was so good at converting Raul, I feel like the biggest problem that he's had all season long is not getting service. So I think I think that Raul Ruiz Diaz is just not a, not he's as good as Oba with his feet, but is just not fast. Yeah, he's he's Sloba. <laughs> Imagine if you had a, a fast Raul Ruiz Diaz running at you and you also had a fast Jordan Morris running at you and they were both being served balls by Victor Rodriguez and Nico Ladero. Good God. Like that is a formidable attacking force. I still said Obafemi Martins, I think because of his speed and, um, you know, he's won a trophy with us, which Raul has yet to do. That's, I try not to, maybe I over-indexed against recency, but um, I yeah, I Raul sixty three percent of you say Raul Ruiz Diaz, and I cannot argue that. Uh, either one would be awesome. It was sad when Oba left. I'm so glad that they invested to get another top talent striker. Uh, despite the fact that Carlos Vela put through thirty four goals in regular season play this year, <laughs> which is crazy stuff. Also winning the uh, league MVP. Congratulations! Now, uh, pardon you, it's the uh, Landon Donovan League MVP award. I know what this is. <laughs> we asked two questions at full ninety extra time on the social media. The second one is more specific to Sunday. We're watching a team that kind of did the same course through MLS playoffs come to town and kind of face the same midfield battle that we've been trying to dominate these last several weeks. I haven't been doing anything the team has. This is Toronto FC went into someone else's house and won in order to continue on, which is crazy. They did it the whole way, though, for them because they were so such a terrible low rank because they're awful. But when you see a team like that coming and hustle in the midfield and then trying to penetrate through the center there... Who are you going to put, assuming everyone is healthy? Who do so, you... Yes, we had this question going into the last match, too. Uh, Roman Torres with his, like, I don't know, his, like, remaining hamstring injury, hamstring-itis, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and so, assuming that you have a healthy Roman Torres, a healthy Kim Kihi, and a healthy Javier Arriaga, um, who do you start on the back line on November 10th? And so, we proposed Kim Kihi is going to play no matter what. He's basically locked up that position. Uh, and Brian Schmetzer picks him every week in week in and week out. Um, and so we said, would you start Kim and Ariaga or Kim and Torres? And 73% of people uh, said Kim and Roman Torres. Which is bonkers. And I got to say, for the trash I've talked this season, first of all, I want it to be clear that I think Roman Torres is such a character and I love him. But for the trash I've talked about him this season... I can't say I disagree. Ariaga with his hands like, no, no, I didn't do it. That wasn't me. That scares the crap out of me. Whereas Torres just doesn't mark up tight enough. Better to count on someone like Gustav Svensson stepping back to help out than to give up penalty shots from the uh, to give up penalties from the 18 yard box and be like, no, it wasn't me. Just don't look at VAR, please, please. please. <laughs> I'm of I'm of the mind that if you start Kim and Ariaga, Kim and Ariaga or Kim and Torres. Either one of those is a great choice, as long as you never, ever even think about starting Ariaga and Torres together. <laughs> the two that can speak the same language to one another is the not favorite choice. It's not even second favorite. It's crazy. That makes I, I'm just imagining like a double red card because they both slid tackled each other and the referee was just like, no, you guys got to get out of here both out. before anything happens. <laughs> An MLS Cup lead-up of who's hot, who is garbage, and who is hot garbage. Hot garbage. Let's start with hot. Hot. Selling out an MLS stadium for the MLS Cup final in Seattle for the first time ever. 
Incorrect. The first time ever was when RSL won back oh, in 2011 or 12 or whatever it was. But yes. did, they, did they sell that stadium out? No. Maybe was. maybe maybe I was talking about the first time ever selling out an MLS Cup final. Fair. I feel like the first time around that could have been like comedy, like a comedy club tickets where it's like, hey, bring the whole office with you. If you put your your card into the fishbowl, you could win <laughs> ten tickets to come see the next comedian. Hey, hey, guy on the street, can you pretend like you're from Utah for a bit? <laughs> we'll paint your face red for you. <laughs> and we'll give you set. I, I, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about garbage? How about garbage selling out the MLS stadium and then charging an arm and a leg for the tickets? The resale value in this stuff is crazy. Um, how insanely, what do you call that? Inflated the Inflated, prices have gotten yeah. up to $1,000 like within... Within a half an hour of tickets going on sale for the general sale, that people were already charging a thousand dollars for not great tickets, which is just it sucks. It sucks to see like fans get kind of boxed out of this because of that greed that happens. But hey, that's twenty nineteen. I'll say uh, I don't want to get too into into the tickets and all that because there's an MLS Cup final happening on Sunday. I'd rather talk about the game, but. Um, I think that the Sounders are doing it mostly the right way by letting season ticket holders buy up most of the most of the tickets because they're less likely to scalp for the same types of prices that uh, robots can do. So I think that like a majority of the stadium was already sold out by the time they went to general on sale, which means it would have been a majority sold out by season ticket holders. So hopefully it's like more people just being dicks rather than um, robots, because then you can just blame people and not like a faulty system or something like that. Kind of countered your own point a little bit by saying that people wouldn't gouge, but then are gouging. But I understand. Well, they what are you're gouging, saying. but I'm just saying that I feel like there's a little bit more. I don't know control uh, maybe with it's fans, some- or maybe it's less likely that they're going to charge the types of prices that are that like when people get desperate when it gets closer and closer to the end to the to the match, right? So if people, if I went in and I said I'm going to charge nine hundred dollars for this ticket and I still haven't sold it by I don't know Friday, I might be like, oh, maybe I'm going to start thinking about how much money I'm asking for. Do yourself a favor when you're listening right now. If you don't have a ticket, go to StubHub and find out what their cutoff is for buying tickets before a match, and then set to your smartphone to remind you, you know, that time plus 30 minutes so you can start tracking prices then and not get screwed even more because that's when it's going to start falling, that 60-minute window right before the cutoff. I think it's like two hours before the event they have to stop. So I think that's the first time we've ever given good advice on this show. Let's never do it again. Garbage, <laughs> me sounding like Seahawks fans and the whole city got behind the team suddenly after decades of garbage garbage uh it does frustrate me that people are suddenly interested in the thing i love (laughs) but also i get it i get it but where were you where were you these couple tough seasons okay fine man i'll stop talking about sumo jeez (laughs) it's about goddamn time and finally hot garbage uh hot garbage how about those resale sites yeah go screw yourself okay here we are we're looking at MLS Cup, whatever, on Sunday, the 10th, here at home, Seattle Sounders FC, welcome Toronto FC to CenturyLink Field, a noon kickoff, which we covered and bellyached a bunch about already, it's the rubber match, it's MLS Cup, this will be the best of three for the best team in the universe in America, in North America, (laughs) in North America, not including Mexico. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> this is straight from uh, SeattleSoundersFC.com. It's SoundersFC.com. Sounders 10-4-2 all-time against Toronto. That's awesome. 10-4-2 all-time, including a penalty kick shootout win at BMO Field in the 2016 MLS Cup Final. That was so sweet. Shout-outs to Cool Keith for letting us watch at his apartment. We all went nuts. Shout-outs to Katie uh, P., whose birthday was that day. How freaking fun. But then we have to remember the 2-0 defeat that I got to witness in person the following year. In their only meeting during the 2019 MLS regular season, the Rave Green picked up a 3-2 win over TFC at CenturyLink Field back in April, just a week before 420, bro. Hey, it's my birthday. Your birthday's 420? Yeah, you didn't know that? I probably do. It's in my phone. I don't know. Your birthday's 420? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was born on 420-69. God damn it. No, no, I'm not lying. I'm lying about the year, but obviously. But uh, my birthday is actually April 20th. I'm never, uh, you're, that's your birth year now from now on too. You are as old as my little brother, Mike, now. Take that. 
I like that this is the so it's the third match. So uh, you know, best of three wins, which are the rules in um, basically no sport except for <laughs> American rock, rock paper scissors, right? Uh, so <laughs> the uh, the most people will call it the rubber match, but I just love the fact that Brian Schmetzer calls it the grudge match. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Don't miss the 2019 break in the clink grudge match three. Featuring Brian, Eternal Blue, Forever Kicking Ass, Schmetzer, and oh yeah, I'm from Canada, eh? Greg Fanny! 22 men, one cup. One cup! Will Michael Baldleaf defend his belt, or will Schmetzer's Rave Green Army and a Goose lay the quack down? Quack down! This Sunday at noon on Primetime, ABC. ABC. <laughs> hey. Immediately followed by, this is us. Is that even on ABC? Sunday at noon, prime time, ABC. <laughs> How does the dad die? <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm five seasons behind. That's like the plot from the very first episode, I'm pretty sure. Exactly my point, Brandon. Uh, he's in like most of it. He doesn't die. I find it uh, fantastic that you're talking about a squad that has so many people that were on that 2016 squad that won. I can't believe that, dude. Are we still talking about This Is Us? Or? No, uh, they're, they're, okay. no one from This Is Us was on the Sounders squad in 2016, to my knowledge. I don't yeah, actually, know. I don't what, know. I don't know what Andy Rose is up to these days, but perhaps. Was he on the squad? Uh, Yeah, I think so. No, I. who knows? Yes. Was, no, he wasn't. Definitely was not. Definitely was not. Okay, good. <laughs> um, it's great to see that... <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, Schrodinger's Andy Rose. <laughs> <laughs> so six players were on the squad back uh, against Toronto FC both times that they played. That's like amazing retention for MLS to have that many of the building blocks still there. And it speaks largely to why Seattle's battling again against Toronto FC. And then Michael Bradley came up huge in 2017, really bossed around the midfield. It's really, I'm really excited to see how this goes. I just can't. They did it once. Toronto did it once in Atlanta. I just can't imagine that they would be able to show up in Seattle and have the same type of resolve with that many people screaming at them. I feel like this is a, a thing that I am very this is us. Uh, nervous. This is, yeah, this is us. This is us being nervous about this match because <laughs> we're playing a very, very bad game of telephone. LAFC, despite being a record-setting team, had never beaten LA Galaxy. They beat them. The Sounders had never beaten LAFC. We beat them. Toronto, well, we've beaten them, and they've beaten us. So maybe the the curse is broken? I feel like Seattle had a lot more to prove the last two times they were coming through to MLS Cup. I feel like that they had bad seasons that turned around and then had this remarkable run of form, and could it be this huge story? And this year, it's just been a grind the whole way. We talked about it a lot because, like, the team finishing second in the West is something you wouldn't expect based on the results and the talk that we had every week. And so here they are, finishing second, crushing the home opponents, going on the road and doing it again. I just feel like the more surefire thing is the team that has 11 straight home wins that has been grinding out these results to be just steady the whole way there on their way to the championship. They proved that like LAFC was not steady the whole time. They just had huge seasons from a few players, but they really weren't the complete package. Now, finally, towards the end of the season, Schmetzer's got this team put together that he could really go in with good performances from everybody as a unit, like we saw against LAFC, could really be dangerous. I don't feel like Toronto owned that match the same way that Seattle did against LAFC. No, I mean, they, they required a like near end of game stunning goal from outside the box in order to win and, and that's which, interesting that's I mean, interesting they because won, they, they won the match which is great but yeah but that's interesting because to the point tfc put in a ton of goals from outside the box uh and so with a strong central the strong center back pairing hopefully that can keep the you know the center the center defense strong there but then again it means that the central defenders and the midfield are gonna have to be strong sheriff goose again has to be the best this is not if he if the game comes down to 
for me how well he does and if there's any goal production. It's like a lot of pressure to put on a guy. But if he has the biggest game of his career, then Seattle is going to be hard to stop. He's starting to get uh, the credit that you have been giving him for a long time, and we've been seeing it. People, people starting to recognize that that Gustav Svensson is a key and integral part to the team. I was reading stats today, um, talking about the goal production, about the stats uh, when Nico Ladero and and Raul Ruiz Diaz both start. The the points and the types of uh, goals that the Sounders are scoring they're astronomical that compared to when only one of those players is available. Hmm. So with those two players, uh, both I mean, as far as we know, healthy going into this match with Roman Torres uh, seemingly healthy going into this match, watching him dance up and down on the sidelines after the Sounders <laughs> won. Uh, when you have all and, and actually playing in the match against LAFC, when you have all of these players. Um, Going into this match, healthy and motivated, and uh, you have Brian Schmetzer, a hometown hero, uh, and Jordan Morris, another hometown hero, coming in and and trying to motivate this team to win on home soil. I think that um, I don't feel quite as confident as I did going into LAFC, which is weird, um, but yeah, I do think the that the Sounders are going to walk out with a win. The thing that I wonder about is the goal production. That's what the kind of the big problem was all season, not being able to play the ball into the middle and get things done there. Jordan Morris in such great form, with Raul Ruiz in such great form, specifically in the playoffs. Like these numbers of 11 goals and 10 goals, Ruiz and Morris respectively, those aren't anything to be really excited about. But suddenly in the playoffs when they've generated almost that many again is like they're hot. So the um the how about some stats for nerds? Uh the the people over at Sounder at Heart tweeted this out. They said the Sounders were 10-2 and 4 during regular season when both Ladero and Rui Diaz started. So that's 2.125 points per game or whatever. And over 34 games that's 72 points, which is the same amount of points that LAFC got this year in Ooh. a record bre- record breaking season. Holy which like cow. this is all extrapolating off of, you know, incomplete uh, data they probably have I mean that's what 16 games so it's really anything to go off of uh, over I mean that's less than half of a season so you, you can't say that that's what they would do over the course of a season still um, I'm not too worried about goal production we saw both Nico uh, getting his scoring touch in the last match and Rui Diaz scoring twice again all three of those goals were from outside the box I think that the Sounders aren't going to play quite as defensive as they did against LAFC, which means that you're going to see them going forward a lot more. And hopefully that means that Jordan will have more ability to get in. And um, maybe Will Bruin will swing in from the rafters and uh, headbutt (laughs) a ball into the goal. (laughs) The the rafters. (laughs) I like that there's no rafters over the field. That'll be awesome. He's gonna he's going to attach a grappling hook to the Toyota Tundra that is up on the fan deck or whatever and swing down and bicycle kick it. Now my question is, who are we talking about for Toronto? There's only a couple big names that I like really follow year in, year out. That's Michael Bradley, who's like a million now, even though he's younger than I am. Uh, and Josie Altador. Uh, Josie didn't play in Atlanta. What's the story? What do you know? So uh, Josie didn't play because of a injury. I don't. Um, I'm not a good enough podcaster to go look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably like he didn't play full, in- full of bullshitness or something like that. I don't. <laughs> yeah. They uh, before that match, the the um, Toronto people, Toronto people, the media. I don't know. Uh, they were saying that he might be healthy for that match, but most likely would not be, and he didn't play. So it turns out was not. I read a tweet today that um, Josie Altador said himself that it would be a miracle for him to be healthy by the MLS Cup final. Oh, he's trying to create and, some narrative. I ex- fully expect him to play now. You have him as Josie out the door or, or <laughs> no the Altador. That's amazing. But now that he's creating narrative that it would be a miracle, he's trying to set himself up to be the savior. I fully expect I think- him to play. Yeah, I think that it's a, it's some mind games with um with maybe the 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 Sounders and that maybe he's trying to make them prepare for a different type of attack. To be honest, I don't think he's had a good enough season to for to for them to adjust their game plan based on whether he is or is not playing. They're more likely prepa- preparing for a guy like Pozuelo who has 12 goals and 12 assists this season and he's the team leader in both of those categories. Mm. So, um whether or not Josie plays, I don't think that Sounders are going to be playing scared. Uh, like some people might think that they should be. What's that guy's name? Um, Bobby Warshaw. 
No, no. Pos- one half, Pos- one half Pos- of Pos- the No, no, I don't give a about the, the media guy. I care about the the guy from Toronto. Uh, man, how did we never make any office space jokes about the bobs that Brian Schmetzer hates? <laughs> oh, Bob. Hey, Bob. <laughs> What's the guy's name from Toronto? Uh, uh, Pozuelo. Pozuelo with a P. So if you're looking for, yeah. I wonder what number he is. Well, too bad. <laughs> 69 because he's in Canada. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's uh, 420. Oh, right. <laughs> Uh, did you know that's my birthday <laughs> i did know that it's in my phone now i don't know how i didn't know that before because i feel like i've said happy birthday to you before um <laughs> on your birthday but uh you probably do what i do and wait till somebody else says happy birthday and you go oh happy birthday man he's number 10 just in case you're curious he'll be number 10 for toronto and so and then michael bradley bosses around the midfield typically but that's i mean you look at Pozuela, 12 goals 12 assists like that's those are good numbers but they're not great they're by no means anything to get yourself you know shipped off to europe or anything sure he's so. like a, he's like a nico ladero basically yeah right? like he, he is their engine which i don't understand why more teams don't do this is just shut down nico ladero and the sounders are well that's what toronto did in 2017 exactly that's exactly what they did and it was super effective uh ladero seven goals and 12 assists this season in the regular season for seattle so look at that i knew a stat here we go hooray okay so the motivation for seattle win mls cup win the rubber match control the game from the back have a good center back pairing and then score some goals i mean it's that straightforward toronto has a lot more to prove being the kind of crappier squad in 2019 and having to work their way through the playoffs like this on the road each time they won't have the same kind of support even though the canadian fans were super nice which brings me to a point that i'd like to make when we are at mls cup i will just share the experience that i had at toronto and it was lovely we went there, one dildo came up to me and was like, F- you hosers! Like, he like literally called us hosers and was like rude about it, and I was like, all right, you m- moron. Everyone else was very nice, and, you know, they chatted a little shit here and there. Like, that's fine. We can handle that. It was like, fun, you know? And we're watching the match, and I'm a zillion feet tall in front of someone who's mad that they spent a million dollars on tickets, and they had to stand behind me as usual, all that stuff. Sounders go down one nothing, and nobody throws beers at us or does anything. They just cheer like, hooray, good job, keep going, hooray for our team. Then they, we go down, uh, Seattle goes down 2 nothing, and it's like pretty apparent that this match is going to be over. 91st-ish minute, we grab our stuff and we go, hey, let's get out of here so they can celebrate and we, it's not a problem. Little did I, you know, I didn't expect... As we're walking out, everyone patted us on the back and gave us high fives, and they were all like, hey, next time, okay, like, hey, thanks for coming and being cool. Everything was so chill, and it was exactly the sports experience that you want, where, like, you could talk a little crap, but then when the match is over, we're just fans in the stands drinking beers. We're not out there running around. We have nothing riding on it other than, like, a little bit of emotional pride. So I hope that to my friends that are going to the match that we can be, like, a real ECS or a real supporter section that the Seattle Sounders are so proud of and cheer our faces off, but when other people are there, we don't have to be total buttholes to them. And we can be cool, and maybe afterwards there's even an opportunity to have a beer. Because we're all just fans watching a sport. We've got some money invested. I get it. But at the end of the day, we didn't actually do any of the running around. We just did the yelling, and so we should be able to go and get drunk together afterwards. Hopefully that is the case and we'll have a good time. But I would love to see the same way that we played in uh, the same way that we were treated in Toronto to be treated here. And that is your dad Marshall moment of the pot. <laughs> that made me think of something, actually. Yeah. It made me think of Vancouver. And uh, the reason it made me think of Vancouver is because I had a terrible experience with the fans in Vancouver. But more importantly, it made me think of Vancouver because I was thinking, how would it feel to be the third wheel in two three-way rivalries? You've got the Cascadian rivalry between the Sounders, the Timbers, and very third wheel Vancouver Whitecaps. And you also have the Canadian rivalry, which is between Toronto and Montreal and third wheel Vancouver Whitecaps. Oh, my God. And the Whitecaps have produced nothing. 
nothing and you see like all of these statistics that like every year since uh 2013 or whatever there's been a team from cascadia in the mls cup uh, in the western conference finals and it's never been vancouver <laughs> it's, it's like people are being nice and being like every year since 2013 just, there's I, been a team from cascadia but it's <laughs> but never the one from canada <laughs> i just think about it because we went and we saw the the grandeur that is the turf bony. Oh my god, what an experience. Uh, I guess oh, that's where they get imagine? the cockiness. The turf bony deserves the biggest stage, and he is being denied by poor management and our by our friends to the north. That's a shame. In case you just woke up from me ranting on about nothing for the last three and a half minutes. TLDL too long didn't listen. Uh, too long didn't listen. Josie out the door. Or more like nosy out the door. <laughs> Sorry, I could have done a better job of that. Too long, didn't listen. Brandon, this might be the funniest thing you say all season long. Raul Ruiz Diaz, also known as Sloba Femi Martins. <laughs> it's funnier when you say it. Uh, too long, didn't listen. If you're in Canada this weekend, tune in to ABC. <laughs> Get out of here. That's terrible. So bad. So bad. <laughs> Take a look at your Crystal Pepsi ball and tell me MLS Cup Sunday at noon. Ding. We'll be done watching soccer by 12 or by 2.30. <laughs> or if you're cool, Keith, by 1.17. <laughs> it is- and we'll have the entire rest of the day to contemplate the decisions that we made at the beginning of the day. <laughs> and the Seahawks don't play until Monday night for Monday Night Football against the 49ers. So you don't even have that excuse, really. Your oh, fantasy probably why the game wasn't at 7 p.m. No, but it's the next day. Uh, is it at home? No, it's on the road. Then never mind. Yeah. 12.08 is the first kick. Brandon, <laughs> look into your crystal Pepsi ball Ding! and tell me what's the result. I see a unlikely hero emerging, like Roman Torres hitting the penalty kick in the 2016 final. I see Kelvin Leardam with a free kick goal, direct free kick goal from just outside the 18. Holy crap. You're saying the Golden Clog is going to be the winner for Seattle? Yeah, I'm saying Sounders 2-0, but Kelvin Leardam scores the first goal, and it is a direct free kick. If it's an indirect free kick, that's going to suck so bad. I, I shouldn't have specified. <laughs> it's like Nico Lodero touches it and then he kicks really it. Really painted my... <laughs> the goalkeeper picks up a back pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, what do you see? I see the Sounders winning 2 nothing. I say in the spirit of Obafemi Martins, Sounders are going to win 9-0. You know, because he's number nine. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs>